The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. And it has just got, I'm recording outside as I tend to normally do and it has just got very fucking windy here all of a sudden as we were about to start this recording. So uh, it, it did sound like you're a BBC correspondent uh, reporting from some I'm kind here. of like natural disaster. <laughs> outside where the earth has opened up. <laughs> <laughs> would not surprise, would it? Like after the last couple of years we've had, if it turned out that like a massive portal to hell had opened, would anyone like how, – how long do you think it'd stay on the front page for? We've mentioned in previous episodes that we are banking a bunch of episodes at the moment because uh, you're going overseas and my uh, new series for Question Everything is on television. People can check that out on ABC TV or ABC iView. And the way the world has been in the last couple of years – that does very much set us up for us missing a major disaster. Like chances are something <laughs> like if we'd done this last week, we would have missed the coin. Like we would have just had an entire period where like there was no acknowledge. The queen would be for all intents and purposes. If you only get your information from the Tofot podcast still alive, God save the queen. Yeah. Long live the queen. You would think <laughs> as you listen to the Tofot podcast. So occasionally we probably should just start like random episodes with, oh, how about that thing? How about, fuck, oh, man? Awful. Awful. Just awful. Just, can, can you believe, believe it? it? After everything again, we've been through. We thought it wouldn't happen again. <laughs> I mean, do we dare make any predictions about what could happen in the next uh, five weeks that we're, we're, we're- What could happen? So like let's like let's make some predictions. Think, all right, how about a celebrity death? I'll give you oh, – I'll good. make it easy. Yeah, all right. Which, <laughs> good, good. Good. Which celebrity do you think will be the next to die? Yeah, very good, very good. And you can't and can't be like a safe one. It can't be like you know Betty White. Is she still alive? I think she die? might have died. So that would be particularly okay. safe. Lock <laughs> in Betty White. I think she's gone. <laughs> All right, give me one celebrity that has died. Um, okay, so look, the truth of it is that like you know, as we've learned from a whole bunch of celebrities dying in their early sort of fifties. Like you don't have to go to yeah, like someone who's in their eighties or their nineties. Like I'm gonna yeah, someone who's like who would it be from the current world of entertainment that Kanye, Kanye, Kanye West, Kanye, yeah, that's a good one. I was gonna say it'd be like it has to be a shocking one. Yeah, it has to be someone like big enough. 
that the entire world yeah. would be. Like with the stakes that have been raised in the last couple of years, which constitutes like a worldwide global like celebrity death, it would have to be someone as big as Kanye, I reckon. And Kanye, yeah. I mean, the yeah, the, like the age that we're in where it's all about conspiracies and mythology and like the hip-hop world already has like a lot of mythology around the death of rappers and the stories behind them and the conspiracies behind them. The idea that Kanye dies in some sort of mysterious circumstance where there's room for speculation feels it feels very 2022 to me. Yeah. And, 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 it, but it'll also turn out that he recorded an album in anticipation of this event. Like he's recorded, he's like, it's his, it's his magnum opus. It's like the thing, the last thing that he, he released was this, this, uh, and every song will be about, I told you all I was going to die. Yeah. I told you all this is going to happen. To be played at his funeral in like a Donda-style yeah. listening party. So it's like a three-day, like he's, he's recorded three days of funeral music for people to come and play there. Like there'll be like $300 black T-shirts, Kanye black T-shirts on sale for people at the event. A friend of mine uh, uh, is now moving in in um, A-list circles. She's now um, deeply involved okay. in A-list circles. Right. And I heard the other day uh-huh. um, that she attended the Ben Affleck J-Lo wedding, which, you know, like would be oh, right yeah. up there when it comes to kind of like, you know, you'd think A-list kind of uh, events. Could is it possible? Is there a universe in which what were they called? Ben Low? No, what were they called? J Ben? What, what's their what were their um? They were Baffleck. No, what were they? They were <laughs> not ben, ben Low. J Lo. Oh, this why I should know this. They were, ben Affleck and J Lo becomes Benefar. Yeah. Benefar. Of course, yeah. it was right in front of me. <laughs> then J Lo threw me. I'm like, how do you get? How do you get to like from Ben to J Lo? The Benefar. Benefar. <laughs> Below, is it possible they had a low key wedding? Do you think, like, is it possible when you're that famous, when you know they're probably friends with not other just the celebrities, but you know, mm-hmm. I'd say like world leaders, mm-hmm. you know, like I imagine um, uh, uh, Amal Clooney's probably invited some of her UN kind of big wigs. Like, so can mm-hmm. you just say, hey guys, there's 500 bucks in the bar, we're just um. <laughs> We're just doing like a quick ceremony mm-hmm. and then no, uh, we're going to the pub. Can you do that when that's the call? Like you'll hire the whole pub out yourself because obviously, but uh, can you do a low-key wedding when you yeah, that? You can't have you can't have those UN <laughs> committee members mingling with <laughs> yeah, the general the public. people who literally represent us. <laughs> the riffraff. But you know what I mean? Like can you be that famous and have a low-key uh-huh. low yes. wedding? Yeah, but you have to go totally low-key. Like that's got to be the angle, right? Like you know, the idea is like, look at this—they're the most glamorous couple in the world. They could have the, they could have like a you know Saudi oil baron style wedding if they really wanted to. They've both got money to burn, and they know every celebrity in the world. They could absolutely pimp this out, but instead, they've chosen. What didn't they get married know. in Vegas? I don't know anything about it. I think they got married in Vegas first. Like they might have like done the whole drive-through wedding. So I think they did some version of that and then like had a party maybe I would say is what they actually did. So yes, but go the whole hog, like old school, like, you know, disposable cameras on the table and stuff. Like, you know, just lean into the idea that this is, we're going to have a wedding like two ordinary people are having their wedding. We want our friends 
to take photos of the night and leave them in the old school media, not on their phones, none of this sort of stuff, like no social media. This is just I would like, you know, cameras on the table, the UN UN table, what a party. Like, I mean, those guys absolutely go I would off love it if like they, that. yeah, they had their quickie wedding in Vegas, but they had a party like their reception. They just hired a scout hall. <laughs> They just yeah. hired a scout hall somewhere right. and just, and just got some hall. slabs. Close tonight. Wine. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing. It would be so good. But if you were a guest, like to say you're my friend. Two, two choices. Like I would love that if like Matt Damon's sitting next to Kofi Annan and they're just like, all right, chicken or beef. Yeah. One of you has got to have each. So you've got to work it out between the two of you. Kofi's like, let me take this negotiation. I'll have, I'll, I'll have him in a minute. Yeah. Hans Blitz is it like checking the kitchen saying, are you sure there's no more? You're not hiding any beef beef in there somewhere? I love some beef of mass, yeah, mass, mass gustation. <laughs> degustation. He's Weapons looking mass. for more But if you were invited to that wedding, right, like to say um, you'd be expecting like, oh, this is probably going to be like a tote bag, like I'll get Uh like a gift or something like that. And then you turn up and they're like, guys, you know, we just want to get this low key. It's just beer, wine, spirits behind the bar, (laughs) like have fun. Are you like, oh, cool. They're just, we'd really, we'd really like to go on an overseas holiday for our honeymoon. (laughs) So if you could just like drop some cash in the bucket, that'd be appreciated. Are you looking at that and then going, oh, they're just Uh, like us. They're down to earth. I dig it. Or are you like, fucking God damn it. I wanted to, I wanted the whole kit. I wanted like glitz and glam and I wanted to get a gift bag. No, I think that's fun. And I think that's fun and funny. Yeah. If you're like, if you are that sort of person, but do they do the traditional wedding in regard to like, is there speeches from the mum and dad? Is there like best man speeches? Like, you know, does Ben Aff- does, does Matt does Damon do the best man speech? Yes. You think he has to, right? right? I mean, if he doesn't, people start to yeah. talk, right? <laughs> I guess there's, if, if I guess there's no just Google Hunting 2 coming out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like if you're Matt Damon and you're doing a speech at Ben Affleck's wedding, can it be like loose or does it have to be like good, yeah. right? Uh, no, it can be loose. I imagine, though, if Ben Affleck, because Ben Affleck probably has other friends. He probably, you know, has a closer friend. Casey. Yeah. Does Casey, Ka- yeah, his brother. Right. So maybe he's. But yeah, I'd right. love Casey to be the best man and a disgruntled Matt to be sitting there getting progressively mm. more drunk and finally storms onto stage That's and says. Bullshit. Just because he's you know, his brother. I might be goodwill hunting, but Ben, you're good. Yeah. You're a bad will hunting. <laughs> yeah. Bad Ben Gunting. All right, man. Okay. You know, yeah. as, as, as he actually makes the mistake the first time where he's bad will cunting <laughs> yeah. and like Ben's like, you know your, your will. will, right? Like your will. J-Lo, Have you watched the J-Lo's movie? like, this is why I said beer, wine, and spirits only. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> all right. So, Will, this is our part of yes. this, the Forgotten Project where – Yes. Um, initially, what we did is we asked people to write in and and uh, uh, and suggest topics that we had uh, started but not finished, or topics we promised we'd talk about we never got to. Um, which we're still open to that. So if, if you're listening to this and you want to submit something for us to talk about for upcoming episodes of the Forgotten Project, you can. Um, but what it also did was send me back into the mailbag, our our dense mailbag, um, to sort through. Uh, some emails because I had forgotten, but I started up a folder in our, e- in e- our email called a rabbit hole. Uh, so named because I was like, oh, this is good content, but it goes deep. And there's no way we can just cover this at the end of a, a regular episode. And I'd forgotten about this, this bag altogether. 
Um, but uh, so I've dug out a few choice um, uh, letters from here, and these are dating Great. from the last two years. Just some some highlights. Now, I want to start with one because I need to I need to open with an apology. Um, this came from Travis, and I'm just going to read you the email. Um, and okay. you know, it's going to it's going to become clear what's happened. Um, uh, Dear Will and Charlie, <laughs> why? <laughs> Does it always rain on me? <laughs> ah, nice. I, I, love a Mo- <laughs> I love a mohawk semi-folk rock band. Uh, Travis says, hope this finds you well. Apologies for not getting in touch sooner. Crazy times. Um, this was sent in 2020, May 2020. So it was indeed, it was the craziest of times. It was the crazier of times. Um, well, you know, he starts with an apology for not getting in touch sooner, which makes me feel less bad about the fact that we haven't been back in touch. Yeah. Now, what has happened is um, he said last time we spoke was via Instagram. So he's obviously reached out by okay. Instagram and I tend to um, be, operate the Instagram account. So this is a contact here with me. And I was telling you about my podcast with the hope of getting you and Will to come on an oh. episode. Okay. I understand that during these times it can be difficult difficult to get you both on. So attached is a brief outline of how the episode would flow. This is only a rough outline, um, uh, and as you would be aware, things can get off track easily. But let me break things down for you a bit more. Okay. My podcast is called Breaking Down in Brackets the Pod. It's a new podcast to take a look at existing podcasts. It's a behind-the-mic look at not only some of my favorite podcasts, but other popular and not-so-popular Australian podcasts. To give existing listeners an insight in how it all comes together without giving away too many secrets, of course. Also, to give listeners out there in podcast land the opportunity to find new podcasts that they may not have come across yet. It's designed to be smart and informative while also being fun and a bit of entertainment. In the world. Uh, so that here's what it. I would say firstly, just based on this. That's a good idea. I would absolutely mm. listen to that podcast if I knew about it, if I was aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking down the pod um, uh, so given we are in lockdown, I'm doing these yep. via Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. Remember, remember Zoom, that? guys? <laughs> yeah. Adorable. Adorable. <laughs> you podcast via Zoom. Once we're able to lock in a date and time, I'll send you a meeting link. Before we record, um, we can have a bit of chat to get mm-hmm. the flow going. Um, obviously, knows us well, knows that we uh, have to talk to podcast Mike to warm up. Uh, so once the episode is up, I'll push it out to my socials. My aim is to get three more records, yours being one of them, before uploading okay. the first six episodes, blah, 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 blah. So uh, Travis has attached an outline for the show. Now, clearly, whatever happened, we we forgot to get in touch. Travis, I apologize. Like, I don't know what was going – well, I know what was going on in the middle of 2020, so that probably explains why I didn't get back to you straight away. But I do apologize. I'm sure that – Will and I probably had intentions of doing it, and then for whatever reason, we just got sidetracked. Um, but what I thought we'd do as a little um, to make up mm. for it is that he sent in the questions that he wanted to ask us on breaking down the pod. So it's not perfect, but I thought what we could do, Travis, is answer your questions on this episode of TOEFOP, and then... Look, I don't know if your podcast is still up and running or, you know, if you'd like to have us on again at some date or one of us on at some date, I'm sure we can arrange it. But consider this a a, do, a, 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 a mulligan slash do-over for us not responding to your very first email two years ago. Um, and by the way, he's breaking down the pod. Uh, excellent artwork. It's a kind of satire, a spoof of the Breaking Bad uh, with, the, you know, like the green and all the, you know, element letters and stuff, breaking down the pod. Okay, so let's start with the first question. 
Tell us who you are, a brief outline of your podcast, and throw in your socials. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, I'm Charlie. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. Um, we do a podcast called uh, Tofop. We do yes. many podcasts, but this one in particular is called Tofop. Um, it's really a comedy conversation between two old mates. Uh, we tend to talk about you know uh, uh, personal anecdotes, uh, little bits of news items. There are some recurring themes. That have happened over the years. Uh, you know, the most famous probably being the bin trilogy, in which I was obsessed with what was happening with my uh, my bins. More recently, we've talked about the boy band Five, and even more recently, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, we thought it was cool things for cool people, but we've realised that we're just here for each other's bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Nothing for everyone. Um, okay, so these are some generic questions. So we can alternate, I guess, or we can team up on these. Uh, okay. Where did your podcast journey begin? Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. Where uh, did our podcast journey begin? I think Smodcast. I think that was the yes. first podcast I started listening to regularly. And I think I, I don't know if we recommended it to each other or we found it independent of each other, but I, I do distinctly remember you were doing some trial shows of stand up and I was being paid to document it. We were, I was drive, riding along with you and shooting the shows and some behind the scenes stuff. And so we had a lot of time to kill and we would listen to podcasts in the car. And I remember that yes. was the first kind of seed of we could do this because Smodcast essentially was Kevin Smith and his mate and producer Scott Mosier just bullshitting, you know, telling personal anecdotes, funny news items, occasionally some recurring themes. Uh, so that is, I think, where it began. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Like I remember really liking podcasts a lot as soon as I was aware of them. Mm. Like, you know, I – I did have faith that like the way that they are now where like everybody knows about podcasts and what a podcast is and how to get a podcast and everybody has a fucking podcast. Like I, I suspected this was always going to happen because it felt compelling to me. It felt to me like, A, wouldn't it be good if radio was interesting mm. and wasn't full with all the bullshit the radio was filled with? But then also there was just something about like I know that like there's that real meme that people are like, oh, everyone's got a podcast. podcast now. Oh, you got a podcast, have you? Yeah, cool. Like that's fine, I think. <laughs> like I think that's a really good thing. Like, you know, everyone can play guitar and some people are just going to play it by themselves at home and some people are going to, you know, become a professional guitarist. Like, it, 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 like I think it's cool that everybody has access to be able to do that, to make a thing of their own. So <laughs> I always thought it was cool. Um I thought if we got in early, we might capitalize on when it grew that we might be like pushed to the top. <laughs> that did not happen. We stayed about where we were the entire way through. We got no real – there's no real value. This is what I will tell you. There's no real value in us being the original prospectors. I mean, of course we weren't. There were already people mining for gold in um, their hills when it went – but we were not around many. Towards the start. The right? only like, other know. Australian ones I can remember, I remember Lawrence Lung was doing one. That was actually when oh, I first yeah. became aware that, oh, we could possibly do this. Is I think Lawrence, it was either an article written about him or he posted it on socials. It was him, I think, with Andrew McClellan sitting at a table with microphones. I'm like, oh, fuck, they're not even a studio. That's just like someone's like kitchen or something like that. And then um, Josh uh, Thomas he had one with, oh, with Josh Thomas Josh and, and has a friend, friend or something. Or, and, and friend. Yeah. So yeah. I remember his friend, um, who's a comic as well, I think, or a writer, Tom Walker, is his name? That's so, right. Yeah. Tom uh, Ward. 
Tom Ward, sorry, apologies. I remember I, because uh, I, because we let your management token know that we were going to be doing a podcast and um, someone said, oh, we can put you in touch with uh, Josh and Tom if you want some advice. And I remember sending Tom an email with, hey, man, like, you know, we're thinking of doing it. And he didn't seem that interested. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> yeah, get, get off my lawn. Yeah. You fuck off. <laughs> I think he had better things to do than help us start a rival podcast for some reason. Um, okay, so next question. What was the inspiration for the initial idea and the subject matter of the podcast? I think that I, I often I what I will say is I often say that we are from the time. This is how yeah. you know the difference between our show and other shows is podcasts didn't need to be about anything. Mm. It was the fact that you had one that was enough. Like and like people would like all these disparate podcasts because they were kind of into podcasts. Mm. Like you know you'd find this audience of people you're going, oh, I'll listen to this podcast about science, or I'll listen to this podcast about something else. Because what I actually like is podcasts and i remember those early days of like you know the la podcast festival and things like that where you're just like this is a community of people who like are combined because they like these shows but also because they genuinely have discovered this new Mm. form of entertainment that like you know they were original like fans of something that has now grown into a global phenomenon, like, you know, one of the most powerful mediums in the entire world. Like, but they were in on the ground level. They recognized that it was a cool thing before everybody else. But we didn't, yeah, we didn't think that your show had to be about something. We just thought it was enough that we had a show. But I think in terms of the inspiration, so like clearly Smodcast, I'd say there was some stuff definitely in the early days we tried to ape or recreate or do our take on like definitely the hypotheticals like that's that was a, a smodcast thing is they would just come up and you know kevin smith is such a and they had a really good balance where kevin is very verbose and you know can take a story anywhere and then you got a really dry funny scott Mosier just kind of like playing the spock to his captain kirk almost um so i think we sort of tried hard with that stuff at first and we did a bit of a role playing like because that's a big thing that they did in smodcast where they would say isn't this a funny story oh so imagine you're the guy how would that go so i think we tried that initially and then quickly realized (laughs) it's not our forte (laughs) we just sort of backed away and i'd say and like and definitely the dirty dirty humor like edginess of it like because humor (laughs) Where? Because it was this new thing that felt a bit secret, it also felt a bit like that was what it was. It was like Mm. the stuff that was too edgy to be on the radio. I remember that Limo and I had a podcast when we were doing the the radio show together that was like a, you know, an up like, you know, after dark sort of version. And it was, it was like dirty jokes because that kind of felt like what podcasting is. And I know, like, I mean, that was a brief thing, wasn't it, where mm. all the commercial yeah. radio shows released their pods where it was like, yeah. you can say, fuck, guys, go for it. And so it's yeah. just all that. That's all it was. Right. So, yeah, I think that that that, that, that was definitely like – and we used to get drunk early as well. Oh, like yes. we would dr- oh, drink God. a lot. Slurring. Like I think you would bring yeah. a six-pack over was like – that would that yeah. 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 It was there, – there would be some messy episodes in the start of it. And then I think <laughs> – I can't remember. Like, I don't think there was like a clear delineation point. It wasn't like we just sort of decided we weren't going to do that. It just evolved. Roundabout, I think, where Semi Cav got involved 
So maybe six years into it or something like that. <laughs> when we had someone more professional that we had to like talk to occasionally who would judge us on like what we were doing. Yeah, I guess it did. Well, make that's a when we difference. started getting things like that's when we got to produce uh, like someone to produce yes. the show. Obviously, it was Mike Hal before it was Podcast Mike. But then you know uh, the idea of getting Foz to do original artwork. I think it just sort of became we decided we wanted a bit more of an of an yeah. identity. Um, we we were like maybe if we like try it this it might become more successful. Again, I need to point out for anyone listening for advice, it did not. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Narrator voice, it didn't. It did but not. I think, but I think one of the things we worked out, and this is something we we discussed in like in the last twelve months, very when where I was sort of saying like, have we shot ourselves in the foot by not? being like formatted is we make it harder for ourselves and then you made the quite salient point if it was formatted we probably wouldn't be able to do it if it required any more prep than it already has then we probably wouldn't be able to do it i think that is the secret to the success well is right you know we haven't become super successful maybe if we had sort of like worked and honed a formula that was, you know, marketable and commercial and stuff. We could have yeah. pushed this to the moon and back. You're like, yeah, like <laughs> anyone who gives you, I've worked in those areas where they would just say, "Hey, this area is working really well for you." Whether it be like superhero chat or like whatever it would be, just lean into that. Like, you know, lean into that world, create that market. But we're a show where. If you tune in for like three, four weeks in a row, you're like, oh, I love pop culture. They're talking about Top Gun. This is fun. And then if you tune in for the next four weeks, we're talking about fucking beers. <laughs> like there is, you know, there's no consistency to like what the tone or attitude or like subject matter of the content will be. And I love that. Like I think it's the reason we still do it and the re- is A, that it is easy to do. B, I honestly think it is. What would we do that would be unique? This is mm. unique like because – of the way that it came about and the sort of show it is. There is no, I mean, there may be other shows like Tofop, but I'm, I certainly wouldn't listen to them. It's a fucking rabble. But, but you know, I think that like we just, like you've got your Till We Die T-shirt on. Like this is yeah. the formula that means that we can keep doing this. If we want to just yeah, keep doing right. this for as long as we want to do it, this is the formula. I often think of that scene in the uh, second series of Extras where Ricky Gervais's character um, has gotten so famous with his sitcom character that he quits because he wants to be taken seriously. But then once he shuts down the sitcom, like he can't get any work and the only job offers he's getting is like Celebrity Big Brother or whatever. And he's talking to his agent and his agent's like, well, mate, I don't understand what you want. Do you want to be rich and famous or do you want to be an artist? And he's like, I want to be both. (laughs) The agent's like, there's very few people (laughs) – who do exactly what they want and are also rich and successful from doing that. Yeah. So what does it want to be? And it's like, yeah, I think that's kind of like this show is so specific to us and unique to us. It would be extraordinary if there was a huge audience for it because it I is, mean, but, but it, it always has been. We have, a, like, we have a name that makes no sense. Like the branding of it is all over the shop. Like it's so in-jokey. Like I mean – Literally, we've featured listeners of the podcast in our episode art. Like, it's in-jokey. It's for the people who like it, and it's incomprehensible to anybody else. But welcome to any new listeners. If this is your first episode, I appreciate you tuning in. Start a new episodes, work, work your way back, stop when you get uncomfortable. Um, okay, so what was the most complicated and the least complicated part about starting this show? Uh, most complicated... Um, was absolutely technology. Schedules? 
Well, no, I think in the early days schedules yeah, was okay. We did okay. not get that nailed for 30 eps. Yeah, technology. Like, I mean, it was harder back then. Like, there wasn't the ubiquity of technology and it was more complicated and neither of us had any skill in that area. So technology was the biggest challenge. Scheduling was okay early on. It got more complicated as obviously we got busier and our lives went in different directions and different places. But again, technology caught up a bit, which has meant that, like, I mean, we barely ever record the, like, I mean, I think at the start we, you know, you wouldn't have even imagined that we wouldn't record it in the same room. Whereas like, now we've probably done more episodes with us not in the same room as we have with us in the same room. Yeah, it, fe- it felt like we're – because I think you moved to the States pretty soon after us starting, right, like 2012 or something like that. Hmm. So writing that podcasting yeah, wave yeah. washed me all the way to the USA. They were just <laughs> ready for podcasting. <laughs> Uh, and the least complicated about starting the podcast journey was having something to talk about. I guess, I mean, after almost 400 episodes, that yeah. that doesn't seem to be a weakness at all. No, no, no. I mean, there's always plenty to talk about, particularly if you're willing to explore something in such intricate detail as we are. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I don't even care what we're talking about. I just love exploring an idea or a concept or a thing that happened, like to pick it apart. That's all I really like. And like, that's why my favorite episodes are always when you just come in with like, I don't really have much, but I've got like this half story. And then like 45 minutes later, we're at the end of your story. And I'm just like, I just like asking annoying questions. I think I'm like, there's a, my inner child is a literal child. That's just like, but why? But what did you do then? What if this had happened? But why? Not a cliche, by the way. Iona's in a real but why stage. And the thing is the but why gets to, gets to a point where the, the question does not justify a why like answer. It's, it's, it's like, you know, um, what was there one the other day? It was like, why do horses have tails? And I said, um, I think it's to, you know, keep flies off them, but why? Because the flies can irritate them, but why? Oh, because they, they get down to their skin, but, but why? Because the flies want to feed off the, of the sweat of the the horse, but why? Because they need to stay hydrated, but why? Because, um, they, they need fluid, but why? Because that's the physiology of a fly, but why? Because, um, (laughs) they were evolved from whatever they were, but why? Because, um, life has a way of moving forward, but why? Because (laughs) if we don't, then, then then there is no purpose or anything. It just (laughs) snowballs and snowballs until it's it's like, I don't think that's a why question. I mean, they also, Lay why questions. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you, you and Iona, inquiring minds. Okay, what are some of your favorite podcasts uh, to listen to? Um, I feel we've discussed this quite a bit on the show. I, if in a similar vein, a show that I love that I couldn't possibly recommend to anyone is Tell Them Steve Dave, which was initially a spin off of Smodcast. It was a couple of mates of um, uh, Kevin Smith's do this podcast out of New Jersey. Um, and one of the guys has gone on to be a cast member of the Impractical Jokers. So he's probably the most famous out of the three of them. And he was originally just like the guy who did their panel. Um, but I am, it's been running almost as long as TOEFOP and it is a very similar dynamic. And it's really just a comedy conversation between three old mates. But like, I, I, I'm too invested now. It's kind of like you in Smallville. It's like, I, I occasionally I'll have phases where I don't listen to it, but then I will normally just like, binge on a whole bunch of episodes, but that's, that's my comfort food. That's what I imagine Tofop is for a lot of people, which is like, you can just put it on 
and it's just a nice, comfortable podcast where you know the tone and the banter and the pace of it all. So you can even tune out and you can still stay in the conversation because you know it so well. My version of that in Australia is definitely anything that Cam and Alexi do. So all their Total Reboot stuff, but any of their podcasts, like the, um, obviously, you know, the, the, the couple of documentary series that they made as well are very great podcasts, uh, Finding Drago and Finding, um, fuck, what, why is that name escaping me? What's the set? Desperado. Desperado. Finding Desperado. Um, so uh, I, I like all their things. Um, one I, like, well, there's two that I've always mentioned, but they're like, tell them Steve Dave is for you, which is Are You Dude, the American podcast and Never Not Funny. And both of those podcasts have been around longer than we've been around. And I wonder if that's like part of it. I'm like, yeah. I, I show some old school respect to the people who were there even before we were there. I'm like, I'm still listening to your podcast. And they're both podcasts that are a bit like us. You know, we saw everybody else take off and just stayed about the same, but are still doing it. And I think it's the reason that I like those shows a lot is they're just still doing what they always did. And I still love it as much as I always did. Yeah, well, there's one thing about Steve Dave that I, I love as well is they like subsist entirely off their patron, uh, their patrons, but they have now like they, they now serve their patrons like that's an actual business where they just run they just pump content into their patreon and it's like they're making videos they're taking requests for special things and it's like oh and these are like five guys who aren't media performers or in the industry or whatever it's kind of like a hobby i guess but it's a hobby that they can draw another income from and i'm like i like this democratization of entertainment you know the things that i support on patreon I like the idea that I can give my money, you know, I know there's patron, patrons taking a little bit of a dip in their, wet in their beak a little, taking a little bit of a taste, just a little bit of a taste. But I do like the idea that they didn't have to go to some distributor and, you know, get put on certain channels to get heard. Like you can just find them. And that is what I really dig about it. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Dum that's Dum what Club. I like about, I think these are the, these are the two shows as well. And Dum Dum is yeah. a good example of this where it's their, almost their, major thing, if yeah. that makes sense. Like the joy of Are You Dude, the joy of Never Not Funny, even though Jimmy Pardo is a very successful comedian, all those sort of things as well. Like that that show is almost the center of their life. And, you know, it, yeah. it, and it's a bit the same with Dum Dum. I, I love those shows where, you, like you said, they have time to not just attract a community but to curate that community Serve and produce yeah. content that that community, like I dig this show because I joined up to the, I'd listened to so much Never Not Funny that I eventually ran out of all the free episodes that they have on iTunes. And I was like, you know what? I should do the right thing. I, I just need to like sign up and support them. And they're not on Patreon. They have their own version of Patreon. That, yeah. Like you can just sign up on their website, their own business model. And so I signed up and I've unlocked all the back episodes, but I just have to work out how I can get them on my phone and not just listen to them on my computer. I'm sure there's a way I could do that. I just haven't worked it out yet. And But they have video of every episode and then I was suddenly like, you know what? I actually would like to see how this show <laughs> looks when they're recording it. They're all in the same studio. And then I was like, oh, we've got this and we've got that. And I was like, this is like, I do enjoy, like I trust this group of entertainers yeah. more than I trust the idea of Hollywood. Like Hollywood is making, 100%. you know, or whatever, right? But I know these guys and I know their sense of humor and I know their world and I enjoy it. And if they've got like a, like, so like Never Not Funny, for example, they do their regular episode, but then they do like a platinum episode every week, which is another full episode, but they literally just like, they play games, mm. like they just have some fun. Like it's not, 
But it's great. Like, yeah. I, I love it yeah. because I already love them and I love their show. I, I always say with the Weekly Planet, like one of the most interesting things that I thought they did was when they started taking on, like, sponsorship was to include us in the process of who they were going to take money from and why. And they were very transparent about, you know, Meso was like, look, you know, I have another job, so it's fine. Like, you know, I'm not going to guilt you into thinking like you guys need to give us all your money. Whatever, what was their line like? Whatever, if if you wouldn't notice if it was missing from your pocket, then that's how much you should give. That's what we want. And then the idea of, well, these are the advertisers we're going to take on. We're not going to take gambling money. We're not going to take, you know, alcohol money or whatever. And I, that level of kind of transparency and authenticity, like, made me go, I want to support these companies <laughs> because if you support them, guys, I trust your voice. I want to support you. And so I think that like, that was before we even knew who those guys were. I was like, these are dudes with integrity. I love the way they're not like, they haven't seen this as like a, oh, this is, we're making our radio show. We'll get picked up by Osterio and, you know, or it was like, no, we are genuinely doing this for a community of people. And it turns out that when you are uh, like talented and you curate to a certain community, it can work really well. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, that's what I, I ran into Meso recently. It was so you nice to see him. On he's the such a episode of. Uh, oh, did he? Week, he's yeah, such yeah. a. Uh, he said you're wearing a mask, and he was staring at you, and he was like, "Am I just staring at a really tall guy, or is that Will Anderson?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, do I have a very distinctive gait?" Which I do, of <laughs> course. Do. But I was like, well spotted. I was still well spotted. It was the day I was recording my uh, special of uh, Willogical, so I was a bit distracted, you know, one of those days when you're like, you know, your head's in another space, but it's always nice to see him and he's such a funny guy and I love that show. But again, that's a good example of, I think they've done well at that being their community because like for him, you know, he's a guy who's like driving trams and then making this like really cool late piece of entertainment that like has like your know, huge amounts of like listeners and, you know, people who just absolutely first thing that they listen to every week. And I think, yeah, there's something to be said about that. You know, James uh, told me this story a while back. Um, we're both obsessed with uh, – uh, uh, do you know who Stephen Crowder is? He's this right-wing YouTuber. He's just like a massive, like, loudmouth dude. Failed actor and stand-up yeah. comedian turned right-wing pundit. And um, By so- the way, that is that is a career path that <laughs> I didn't know five years ago was open to you, but, like, failed comedian into right-wing pundit. It seems to be quite a lucrative way <laughs> really to go. Really, it's functioning to take an heartbeat. So uh-huh. we uh, often, like, send each other little funny videos and, you know, if, if Stephen Crowder's done something dumb, uh, we'll, we'll let each other know. And he said mm-hmm. that Stephen Crowder invited him uh, – because, you know, James is a very prominent YouTuber and especially in that sort of geek world uh-huh. – and uh, when Wonder Woman came out, like Stephen Crowder invited James to go on his show, I guess as a kind of setup, like, oh, you know, you're from the nerd world, you know, you know, the nerds think that women could actually win in a hand-to-hand fight with a man. Like, I, I assume that would have been like the angle. And he said, no, nah, but, you know, I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, mate, like, oh, you should, like, I'd love to see, <laughs> like, Mr. Sunday movies go head-to-head with Stephen Crowder. I reckon James would tell him up. He's 10 times funnier and knows his shit a lot better. It is interesting. I occasionally get invited on, like, the UK equivalent of one of those shows. So there's obviously someone I imagine that must, I reckon they've got an Australian producer or something like that. So when there's some hot 
topic in the world of comedy or something like that. And this person wants to like debate that cancel culture has gone too far or whatever. I get like You're a request lefty. to come on his show and like, yeah, but that's honestly, it's always that request. And you always know what the agenda is that they'll just invite you on. And that is your role on that. But I find the other one more interesting. Like, how about this as a narrative comedy uh, you know, idea. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone's making these sort of shows anymore, but like, so say me, say if I got sacked from the ABC, let's just say I get sacked from the ABC for whatever reason, right? There's some sort of scandal, I get cancelled, right? Do you think that I could just blatantly make the pivot? Like, I'm not saying that I would ever morally be able to do this, but I just mean in a like in a sense, could I sell the story? Because here's what, like, I know that people's initials think thinking like, nah, it's too big of a turn. No one's going to believe it. But I actually think you can make an absolutely wild turn. Absolutely. In fact, the extremes are kind of the best place to go, right? Yeah. And the other thing is if I just went out and like just started running this agenda against the ABC – like if that's like you all my bitterness be and bitterness embraced. was about like Sky embraced News in a second, right? Sky News. One of them has come over yes. to us yeah. to yeah. like bag them. Like yeah. I'd be their best weapon, right? Every panel show, you would be the token lefty, yeah. the the weak need yeah. lefty that they could get on and bash and, yeah. and harangue. And they, they would love that. You'd be like Reek right. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> They're removing your balls <laughs> and your penis. <laughs> and you'd just be- oh, I was- <laughs> I was thinking I was making a bit more of a pivot into their world, but you're saying they're using me as some sort of left-wing oh, gimp. I, is that what you're saying? I think either way. Like ev- there's so many grifters on the right who are like, yeah. like have you ever, do you know who Tim Paul is? Like Tim Paul is always, is always like, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm a liberal. I'm a left-leaning. I'm a, I, I'm a, I used to vote Democrat. And it's like, but you are, everything you say is right-wing or your followers are right-wing. Like you, it, but it's just, it's a good way of proving how flawed like, you know, the left kind of uh, philosophies or, or left ideals are. It's like, see, even he couldn't stomach it. Now he just wants white supremacists following him. Right. But that is a pivot that is lucrative these days. And like, I mean, you 100%. Look, you look Dave at, Rubin. Well, you're, even in Australian context, like you look at the careers that like people like Joe Hildebrand or like Rowan Dean or Paul Murray have been able to carve mm-hmm. out. Like, it's were they pivots? Did they all start off on the left? Those guys. I mean, I think they, I, I, Joe Hildebrand considers himself to be of the left still, which is ridiculous right. considering the things that he says and does. But like, it's also Paul Murray was definitely left and consciously That's went right. right. Yeah. Like he absolutely did it on purpose. I knew Paul Murray before he was Paul Murray, and Paul Murray absolutely one hundred percent set his eyes on like doing exactly what we're talking about and trying to capture that market. Rowan Dean, I don't know. He was probably always a bit of a dickhead. But like the low bar <laughs> for comedy on that side, like what they embrace because they finally have their own comedy. Like can you imagine yeah. like if you actually had any skills? Because it's easy enough. I could make jokes about like it would be easy enough for me to make jokes about the people they want me to make jokes about because – with my left-wing principles, many of the sort of middle left people frustrate the shit out of me all the time. I would find it easy to, like, you know, write jokes about centrist politics. You just have to tweak them a little to sound like they're coming from their side of the agenda. I think I think I've heard you. I mean, you, you don't not make fun of the ABC. It would just be a case no. of just cranking that up by, right. like, you know, a few like ten, twenty percent. Like, it doesn't take much. Then, I mean, you. Uh, yeah, easily. I mean, I think a, I think you wouldn't have a credibility issue, and b, you'd be embraced. They would love that, especially because you you're that like thing. A, you know the reason. Rusted yeah. on. Well, you know the reason that I got sacked 
Yeah, because I'm a white because I'm a white straight man. <laughs> and they straight white male. They yeah. didn't, they, like, there's just no room for a straight white male in Australia anymore. What happened to the larrikin? Yeah. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. What advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own podcast journey? All right. What's like, let's give them three key points. Um, regularity, I would say yep. is the number one thing. Like that doesn't so have to be every week. Like you could do seasons. But just In fact, yeah. maybe don't even commit yourself to the fact that you're going to do a year every year. I think if we were starting over and we had some model where it was like, so never not funny do seasons. So they probably do 40 episodes mm-hmm. in a year. And I, I think that's, that makes a lot more sense. We're kind of like have some holidays and stuff now. So, but, but regularity is good, but it doesn't have to be every week yeah. or every day. Um, I think um, coming up with a format, I know that's not us, but I think like we do two guys, one cup and that has a format and it's really easy to prep for that show. Cause I know, okay, well we need 10 minutes of this. We need, you know, 15 minutes of that. And then we finish with like letters. And I think, you know, Weekly Planet's another great example. They structure the show. And if you have a framework, you're not going to be umming and ahhing. And there's nothing it, it, like it's, you don't want it to, it's a balancing. You want it to be like commercial radio where you're getting punched in out of but just, just know where you're going. And so that, you know, even if your audience is getting bored, they can skip to the next section, which they like. But just do something that you'll find fun to do. Like the last yes. thing in the world you want it to be is a chore. If you feel like you're, like it's a real pain. I mean, like, as fun as this is, of course, sometimes it doesn't suit both of our schedules or we have to yeah, jam it in and it can be inconvenient. But once we start doing it, it's never not fun, right? Like, you know, we, like, <laughs> maybe we should start podcast. We should change the name to never, never not, not fun. fun. <laughs> it's completely different. Speaking of pivot. It's a completely different podcast. Uh, okay. These are some specific questions related to all things, all thing TOFOP. Uh, how did you and Will join forces to create the TOFOP brand? Uh, we're just mates. That's, that's how it happened. We're just mate, we're mates to begin with. Um, do you have a favorite podcast you do? So I'm assuming out of the TOFOP network. A favorite? Um, I think, no, no. I, let's, I, I, at the moment, I think I've really – well, this year I've really loved doing Two Guys, One Cup. I think with the uh, – It has been fun. Added- it's been a fun year of – it's been a great year of like the actual sport itself that we talk about, which, you know, has helped a little bit. Yeah. But I've really enjoyed doing that show this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the funniest or the craziest moment you can remember from doing a podcast? Uh, I think the shaver, me finding out on air that – <laughs> the shape I'd ordered for, I mean, I, I know people love that. And I can even, even though I am humiliated in that clip, I have seen it and thought that yeah, it's pretty funny. Like it's a pretty funny moment. Um, I think going to LA, oh, no, Opera House is pretty crazy. The fact that we got to do this, <laughs> you know, in a hallowed venue like the Opera House, that was pretty crazy. And, and sold, sold out two nights. That, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're all good examples like i mean i found like going to the la podcast festival (laughs) i mean the fact that we were doing this show on stage you know like in america like in front of a like a full crowd of people who come to see it like it was that i i always think that was the the wildest moment where you're like no one we're not from here like this is it felt like we were like the hoodie gurus (laughs) or something you know like doing a little tour of america like (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. That's what it felt like. It felt like a real college radio moment. I do remember. It's not really a, a TOEFOP moment, but um, when I was doing the telethon one year and John Deeks is emceeing and so it was like 500 people in the audience and stuff and I was coming out to do my panel and before I sat down, Dixie's, you know, bringing out all the celebs who are going to be sitting down and he's like, and it's Charlie Clawson. And then he turns to the crowd and he's like, who here's a fan of TOEFOP? <laughs> and not one person put their hand up and I'm like, Dixie, that's, that's like, that's a secret. <laughs> no one really knows about TOEFOP. Don't, 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 don't bother. Um, okay. Quite often you and Will are in different locations, sometimes different countries. How was this process? Uh, I think it was trickier at the start, but we've been doing it so long yeah. now, I can't even really remember. How do we do it? At the, like we just had, we would just record remotely, uh, yeah, uh, remotely on um, our own Zooms and then. Yeah, on Skype. And right? did one of us cut right, so it? So we'd Skype got, and then. Oh, we just weren't doing it. And then we just edit them together. I can't remember. Maybe. Um, you guys have one of the best followings on social media that I have seen from a podcast. Are you able to fill us in on how the tea room came about and what it's meant in relation to how you do the podcast and the multiple giveaways? Um, we can't really speak to that because we have nothing to do with the tea room. I believe it was started by JD Denham, who's one of the, a regular listener often writes in, he's an administrator, um, there at least, uh, 2000 or so members, which is pretty great. Um, Will doesn't visit it at all, I don't believe, do you? You've never seen it? I do not. I've dipped in from time to time. I'd forgotten of it, his existence. Yeah, yeah. because every time you dip in, you like tell me about something and I'm like, that is not a place for me. <laughs> it's just, oh, no, That one thing that you've told me. It's generally good, but not always. It it's generally out. good, except when you uh, choose to switch uh, podcasting platforms in a desperate <laughs> attempt to make money for your flailing AFL-adjacent podcast. That, you know, that was an unpopular decision. Um, no, but I would say it is 90 99% very positive. Um, well, because people like they, it's not all about the episodes. People will just generally, they'll chat with each other. It's like a community. It's where people will go to post things. I did make a rare appearance on uh, the tea room a couple of weeks ago to say, hey, we're doing this thing called the Forgotten Project. Uh, hit us up with anything you want us to talk about. <laughs> and not one person responded. So oh. I feel like. So the tea room's not particularly active at the tea room no, at the moment. Well, is that what I you're think it's the fact is that we have made it clear that we do not, we will not mm. frequent the tea room. <laughs> and so me sort of busting in, like, hey, hey, oh, hey. The fact like, that you I'm are there. The absent, you're suddenly I'm like, hey, kids, absentee you cool? It's like, hey, hey, guys, it's, it's me, yeah. your dad. Now uh, I need to borrow 20 bucks. What do you got? You got something for your old dad? Come on. <laughs> Give me 20 bucks. It's like, fuck, fuck, man. You weren't, you weren't around. Where were you when we needed you? Oh, man. No, so it was, I'm going to start de deadbeat dad pod. That's <laughs> going to be my new offering in the market. Um, and how does it affect the way we do the podcast? Um, there has been occasions where we've grabbed stuff from the tea room. Like one of the listeners, I can't remember who, so I apologize. When we came up with the We Keep Them Laughing So They Keep You Living, she said, oh, oh yeah. this is my That's occupation. Yep. This is what, what's yours. And we got a lot of content out of that. Yes. Um, and there's been different times where, yeah, I've, I've grabbed stuff from there. Uh, the, the part that baffles me in this question is how does it relate to your podcast and your multiple giveaways? Uh, is that like the posters and the fridge magnets and stuff? We, uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, And back then we might have been given away something else as well. I mean, this is a couple of years yeah. ago. you got to remember. I don't know what else we were given away. Yeah. But, In the um, words of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we're giving it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Um, so now all the giveaways that happen are I'll send fridge magnets, 
it goes just to Patreon. If you're a Patreon and you write into us, you get a, and you, you supply your address, you get a fridge magnet if you live in Australia. Um, if you apply, if you subscribe at the $20 or more level, I'll send you an autographed poster. And we're running low on those. We're going to think of a new prize soon. So just think about that. Um, one of my favorite things from TOEFOP was the fax machine debacle. Fill your listeners in on how that came about and what the consequences were of your action. Well, funnily enough, we, we touched on this last episode. I don't think we've talked about the origins of it, but um, uh, it came about where we talked about how anachronistic our show can be. And wouldn't it be funny if we got a fax line, you know, 20 years after fax machines were relevant? Um, and initially, we we're going to get our own fax machine, but I investigated it. it was too hard to do. So instead, I made a deal with my local news agent. <laughs> with the devil. I made a deal with Satan himself. Oh, my God. Uh, I think I was going to pay her like 20 bucks or something a week to uh, receive her faxes. And then she was fucking bombed. She was phone bombed for a 48-hour period. What a moment in that poor person's <laughs> life where she's just agreed to something that you've just got to think she did not understand in the first place. Uh, and then that to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, I bet that is a story she tells for the rest of her life. When people are asking what's one of the weirdest things that happened while you ran a news agency, she's like, well, I got a story for you. Firstly. <laughs> Strange. Have you watched Blue Healers or Home and Away? Because this one day this actor from the telly comes in, says he's got like an imaginary radio show or something, and they want a fax line, but he can't work out a fax line. So can I rent your fax line? And then the machine went anyway. This is this is why Dave left in the end. Like it was this. This was the final straw. I mean, it really was a fucking high watermark for a show. But I guess like we completely underestimated a how popular like we were, it was that segment was going to be, and b how many other people have access to fax machines? Like, I thought we'd get like five at most. I didn't think we'd yeah, get Yeah, that's f- right. We, we thought the amount of correspondence we got would be limited by a other people's capacity to send a fax. <laughs> but it turns out you can also send a fax your from computer, your computer. Yeah. You don't need a fax machine to send a fax. So we essentially doxed this poor lady uh, and now the news agent has shut down. Okay, a couple of questions to go. You guys are getting close to the big, and he says 300th episode. Uh, Simpler times. Well, we're getting close to our 400. Couple of episodes now. of 400. Yeah. What, that's are right. our, what are the plans for that? Um, sadly, nothing really. To pre record it, <laughs> to bulk pre record it and roll out that episode, I believe, based on the timeline that we have. Will and I, like most middle aged couples, and uh, we've gotten over celebrating anniversaries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yeah, best it's a fucking I mean, hand job. Just a, <laughs> that's just another day, isn't it? <laughs> another special. episode. Uh, I mean, we should do something. We should do something at some point. Um, we want to. We want to do like we want to go back. We have not done a live show now for a very, very long time, and the live shows were always great fun. And we would love to be able to do one again at some stage in the future. Uh, given we are in the Corona world, or I should just say post Corona world, has this impacted mm. the way? No, we're not. Come on, Charlie. <laughs> Don't believe the narrative. We're, we are still in the Corona. We're in the world. Corona world. Um, how has this impacted the way? you guys do the podcast not at all we were ahead of the curve this is how we're doing it pre-corona this is how we're going to do it during corona nothing has changed for us at all um if anything we probably put a bit more work into the pods in the last couple of years because every other bit of work dried up for a bit there yeah there was a period of time where it was like not just important in the sense of like important to us to have something creatively to do, but also just important to be able to have those com- when everything was locked down and there wasn't a lot of like human interaction, like being able to have those conversations regularly was 
was pretty pretty healthy. Yeah, it was getting, <laughs> we were getting to Wilson type areas. Um, all right. Yeah. There you go, Travis. I hope um, you know your podcast is doing Good. well, and you can use that if you want to clip that up and use it in your podcast. You're more than welcome to do that. Um, this is part of the Forgotten Project. Again, if there's uh, stuff you want us to talk about that we promised we would that we didn't, or you sent something in and somehow we missed it, like Travis here, uh, let us know. You can go to tofop.com and just contact us. There's a drop down menu. Just select tofop. Send us an email or DM us at, at tofop Twitter and instagram um don't forget you can go to our patreon get into all our great bonus content uh there's bonus episodes there artwork comic strips lots of great stuff to check out and will has a tv show oh it's cool question everything is on the abc 8 30 uh on uh, wednesday nights or you can catch it on abc iview um so that is tofop for another week i'm charlie clausen <laughs> i'm will anderson This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to tofop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.